0: Am I making any sense? All right, welcome to another episode of Am I Making Sense? I'm here with my buddy, my friend, Anthony... Anthony Cristiano. Sorry, I was... You know what? I was thinking about your last name so much. (laughs) I gotta get the last name name right that I
1: fucked up the first name. (laughs) It's like the eighth most most common first name in America, man.
0: You know what? It's my uh, father-in-law's name, too. Oh, wow. Look at that. But he's simplified. He went to Tony, but it's yeah. still Anthony. So actually, do you get that a lot? Do you get people calling you Tony or no?
1: I do. And and I took like a hard line stance in like third grade that I will never be called Tony. I, like I, I don't have like a, a firm reasoning for it, but I just I feel like I'm more of an Anthony, you know?
0: Well, and that's what your mother wanted, too. <laughs> that is your mother exactly would not mother have wanted. gone to the effort of Anthony to have you called Tony, you know? Tony is like, that's, it's like Matt and Matthew, right? Yeah, I don't take yeah. a hard stance on Matthew, but when people say, do you prefer Matt or Matthew? I very politely and um, amiably say, I, th- I usually go by Matthew, you know, that's what's yeah. on my birth certificate. Yeah. And then they'll go, okay, sounds good, Matt. I'll go ahead and remember. <laughs> it's like, All right, whatever. Just call yeah. me whatever you want to call me. I'm not going to be, but we are, Matthew is the most, I don't know, maybe, maybe this hasn't lined up with your experience, but Matthews are quite possibly the most amiable people on the planet. Like mm. we don't really get too worked up over whether or not you're throwing that second syllable on our name or not, you know,
1: it's just yeah, kinda like, yeah.
0: all right, whatever.
1: I think probably Richard's the opposite, right? Like if you just come in like guns a blazing with Dick and you're like, oh no, don't don't call me that, man. Like like you can get yeah. real violent with a Richard over the Dick stuff.
0: And Richard, they have multiple options, don't they? They've got Rich, Richard, Richie, Dick. yeah. And Dick is out of left field, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is. It felt like someone was just sort of making fun of Richard one day and was like, you know what, Rick? <laughs> Rick, no, more like Dick. And then that yeah. just- for centuries you know
0: oh that's it rick that's how you do it you throw a d you know what that was probably a spelling error i bet you someone was writing it down they put down dick and they go okay forever forevermore richards can be dicks because one richard let's yeah. say 80 years ago fucked up writing his name he put a he,
1: D. he had the r but then he made the little leg too small so no one saw it Anthony, this is why we focus on
0: penmanship, because otherwise you could have this catastrophic error that plagues
1: generations. We don't want another dick situation. No, we We don't want another dick situation. No, we do not. No. No, we do not.
0: So I'm I'm a big fan of your last name too. I don't think Mm. I've ever told you this. I thought it would probably get weird if we were just hanging out on open mic, and I'm like, yo, bro, good set. Hey, I really like your last name. (laughs) But that, that Cristiano, yeah. Cristiano is a yeah. really cool, uh, it's it's Italian, right? Yeah, it's Italian. Any name yeah. that an, ends
1: in an A or an O, I'm on board. I like yeah. it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I didn't have much to do with choosing it, but yeah. I, I think it suits me. Like a nice, you know, Anthony Cristiano. I feel like that describes exactly who I am, you know? Just like, yeah.
0: chilling. do you think when we get our names to some extent, you know, the nature versus nurture argument, do you think to some extent when we're named a little bit of nature takes over automatically or maybe it's nurture. Oh, yeah. I don't know what side it is, but you kind of fit the mold of what your name is.
1: Oh yeah. Cause people just look at you and they're like, Oh, look at that. That's that's Matt over there. Like, yeah. ooh, you know, and then you, you react to that, you know, it's, it's for sure some in belt thing. Like I don't know if you've ever checked urban dictionary for your name. No, um, I haven't not yet. I'm gonna do it after this podcast for sure. Yeah, do it. Like <laughs> people write them up and it's like astrology. It's like it's uh, it's crazy how accurate they are. Like like Anthony is the most caring, loving, like intellectual person you'll ever meet. Like, that's me. Like, come on.
0: You know what? My father-in-law is a very caring guy. He's an awesome dude. A lot of people yeah. talk trash about their parent-in-laws. I love them. I love them both. I've I've got myself an Anthony and an Agnes.
1: Wow, that's a real Matthew mentality you got there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Dude, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So, hey, man, we met through comedy. You did. I really like your stuff. What are you doing these days to stay comical, if you will?
1: It's so hard. It's, I mean, I feel like I'm really new. I know that I am really new. So it's, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of this stuff you do when you're new is just like getting exposed to uh, writing and then it not being good. And then getting that instant feedback of like, okay, this is not where I need to go with this. And then just modifying it based on what you're seeing in the crowd and, and just trying it in front of people a bunch of times. And I feel like that, that part is really missing. Like, like I'm trying to write, but then also I don't know if what I'm writing is just like, Pure crap or not, so it's just like like one part is there, which is the yeah. writing and like yeah the analyzing it myself, but then the other part of like the feedback loop that really turns that crap into something that's still crap, but like slightly yeah. better crap is is missing, but um yeah I've tried a uh, a zoom show, okay, and that was that was kind of fun um yeah. it was definitely a little bit different uh. Yeah it felt kind of like a book report um, only because I prepared like slides and stuff like that. But, Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it was different. Um, It was fun though. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, But that's, I'm trying hard. I just saw some open mics come back online. So maybe that's the answer. I
0: haven't even been paying attention. I, I think I'm totally checked out. I'm writing, but mm -hmm. like you, they're funny to me but that's not saying much right like yeah. when i write something like oh that's go, that's gold right there yeah. but i'm not trying anything out i haven't been early on uh at least you know faco was hitting me up here and there like oh there's this zoom tonight but it turned out where like every time he hit me up with a zoom i had something else going on not that mm. any of us have anything going on but you know i was with the kids or doing something with the wife for dinner and um and i saw multiple zooms like i'm going to be having um jordan on next week to the podcast mm-hmm. and i know he's hosting zoom meetings like a maniac but oh, yeah. i just i've you know what i've been doing i've been writing but i'm using this time to just sleep and mm. my sleep schedule is rock solid right now like oh, in yeah. bed at 10 up at six thirty, just feeling good dialed in i'm i'm having dreams i very rarely <laughs> have dreams you know and it's like, I, <laughs> I go to sleep and I'll wake up and be like, whoa, either like there's scary dreams, there's cool yeah, dreams. Yeah. But, um, if anyone asks, what did you do during the uh, plague of 2020? I'll be like, I, I slept a lot. <laughs> I slept no, man. The whole thing. You,
1: you got to say, hey, what what you do in the uh, plague of 2020? You just say, I dreamt.
0: I dreamt. <laughs> That's I dreamt. what I did. <laughs> That's what I've been doing, man. Yeah. You, but I you, think the uh, Zoom. The Zoom probably is helpful, but I think like you, to your point, it's probably more like a writer's session,
1: right? Because you're not
0: really going to, you're not going to hook people like you can if you're standing in front of them.
1: Yeah. Like I like got at, uh, at the caravan where you're just like out there and you just feel like yeah. you're you're naked in front of this crowd and just trying to to dance around and please them. Like yeah. that's such a different feeling than being online and like, yeah wearing shorts or something like that. Like it's, it's crazy how it's the same, like basic actions of like writing the jokes and then telling them, but it feels so much different in front of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, even at a, if, if you were to extrapolate that out a little bit, we're all experiencing that in our own ways with multiple things Mm -hmm. in life, you know, um, I think that's why people are starting, well, there's multiple reasons, but a lot of people, these riots that are happening, I think people are, like, when you say, well, there's a risk of dying, I think people are literally like, well, I'd rather be out and take that risk. Because Mm -hmm. I think psychologically speaking, there's something to be said with, oh, I'm sitting in a restaurant with a lot of people, even though I don't know any of them. And to some extent, the conversation of these Yahoo's next to me are annoying me. You're, you're still in this communal thing Mm -hmm. that is, none of us realized it until this experiment happened, but it's very fundamental and foundational to our well-being. Mm. And so when it began, I was like, I thought exactly like, oh, cool. This is going to be, this is going to be a month or two of me not having to deal with commute and, you know, not going out late um, to do my open mic. So I'm just going to, the number one priority, I said, just, I want to be around my kids and I want to sleep and mission accomplished. That's what I've been doing. But, um, even this, like this podcast, I would love it so much more if me and you were in my garage having the podcast, which is, you know, was the original plan, but there is something where it's just like, man, I almost even kind of want to say, I might regret this, but I kind of almost even miss just going into the office, you know, Mm. And to go on, I can only imagine if you're in a situation where not only are you asked to stay at home, but your source of income has been snipped. Yeah. And in a lot of people, it's probably, well, this is my only contact with humanity. Like if you're single or whatever, like you really, you're not, the whole day is going by. Yeah. And you're thinking about, ah, I can't pay rent. I can't do that. And there's no one to talk to with it. And so, yeah, I would imagine, um, not just with comedy. I, I think I overcomplicated our discussion a little bit there, but even outside of comedy, which we need to be in that group of people, albeit a small group of people, right? We're not getting big numbers at Caravan or Woodhams or, well, for Scotty's pretty big, but we're just getting a modest five to 10 people yeah. listening to us. It's still something else above what we're getting on, on Zoom calls.
1: Yeah, and it, it, even though it's not like a, large amount of people per se it's still just people you don't know yeah. that you're expressing yourself to which I feel like is a very powerful thing that comedy provides right like yeah go up there with these viewpoints and they're silly and stupid and yeah you know, I don't know sometimes serious but uh it's it's this whole act of like exposing that to someone who's never heard it before which yeah. I think is something that we're missing like even yeah. if you do live with like your significant, significant other or your kids or that's still just one person. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's just tough to, to not have other people to talk to like outside yeah. of you. I think uh, I've had serious conversations with like maybe coworkers, but yeah, it's just me and you buddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's yeah. crazy. What did you did you ever do anything before comedy as far as performing goes?
1: No, I mean I, yeah. I feel like when I was growing up, I was always trying to be like the the class clown type of guy, but that was as far yeah. as it went for performances. Like, yeah, I, I've always been very like cut and dry. I want the answer now. Like, mm. math is my deal. Like, like that type uh. of person where I feel like. I I really enjoy making people laugh, but I don't know how to reconcile that with like the way that I need to view the world sometimes, which is like very black and white and very f- matter of fact. Whereas mm. the comedy that I like is very like black and white and yet silly. Um, you know, but yeah, no, no performing beside comedy for sure.
0: When it comes to writing... Uh, mm-hmm. Writing your bits and whatnot. Actually, it's, it's not mathematics. It's, it's the gray area between mathematics and philosophy, but logic comes into play quite a bit. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't know. You probably, so you are a math guy. You have uh, a, a degree in math or something? Or, I don't.
1: I, have a, I, I hate saying this out loud, but I have a degree in computer science.
0: Okay. I, I live no, in good.
1: Silicon Valley. Ugh.
0: No, 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 no. So that's perfect then. So yeah. logic is something that you're well versed in. So, yeah, for sure. uh, in Steve, Mar- I don't know if you've ever read Steve Martin's book, um, uh, born standing up.
1: No, it's on the list though.
0: So his act is as goofy and absurd as it comes in comedy, right? <laughs> like his stuff was just out there, but here's something crazy. The guy studied logic. He was a logic philosopher, mm-hmm. um, at two different universities. And so he would go down these, um, I forget what they're called. These proofs, like, um, you know, uh, I can't come up with anything off the top of my head, but anyway, it's, it it was a heavily weighed thing where you set up with the premise, then the Mm -hmm. math has to check out with the punch or the payout. Right. Oh yeah. And so, um, there is something to the binary, the logic of a joke Mm
1: -hmm. that I
0: think mathematic minded people or, you know, philosophical people, it really, it's, it's kind of goes together. They're very complementary of each other.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's probably just one way of, of trying to understand the world around us. Yeah. And I think the, the end goal of, of that is the same as the end goal of any other study, which is the world around us is very silly. So it's just how we interpret that. And hopefully it just allows us to, to come up with funny things to tell other people what we think about this crazy thing that's around us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I so did forget I think that that, uh, that I was actually a performer before stand up. I was the president of a public speaking club in college. There okay. it is. There's there's the whole performance history of me.
0: Well, so then were you come okay, so no, we we got a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Okay. So public speaking, um, when did you get into public speaking?
1: That was 100 a uh, a college resume booster type of deal. Okay, so yeah, it was like end of college, but it was fun. It was it was a good time.
0: So, um, was it something that you were drawn to and felt good doing it, or were you nerve? Was it nerve wracking when you went to do it?
1: I, I feel like so. I I feel like the same emotion got me into stand up as or got me into public speaking as stand up, but I feel like I was misdirected with public speaking because I really wanted to do standup. Nah. The, the part of me that was like, Oh, I, but I got to get a job after this and I got to find something that looks good on my resume said, hmm. why don't you be a public speaker? So then, uh, yeah, I mean, I hated public speaking, but now I, I don't really mind it at all. Like, yeah. I, I think that's probably why I feel a little more comfortable doing stand-up than uh I probably should.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's no, that stuff. that's interesting because I always did it's not that I liked public speaking, but in as far as my career goes, anytime someone said, Hey, we need someone to present on this subject or that subject. I never had a problem putting my hand hand up. I mean, there are nerves that were Mm -hmm. always associated with it, but it was more nerves to what you described where I'm thinking, oh, if I fuck this up or I look like an asshole, is it going to affect my career nerves? Mm -hmm. But it was still something that I I never had a problem with. Mm -hmm. And so looking at that in the context of stand-up, I do enjoy getting up on the stage, but then when, when I'm looking at just dead faces for too long, then something unnerves me. Whereas looking at dead faces from the technical aspect. So I'm in tech field as we all write, everyone. I'm in tech field. When you're looking at dead faces in a technical talk, like that's to be expected. If you even get a chuckle or like a inquisitive look, in those kind of speeches. You killed. Exactly, that's right. (laughs) Oh man, I was so, they were into it, this, that, and the other, right? But um, with, uh... my camera's weird, sometimes it just stops focusing. Um, But with comedy, no, you're going up there because like I said, in your own little delusional bucket head of mine, Mm -hmm. I thought what I wrote down was gonna be hilarious for everyone. sometimes it is but a lot of times it <laughs> yeah. isn't and then you're staring like no hey guys but did you hear what i just said
1: hold on no it really is funny just so hold oh, maybe i need to say it again maybe i need to explain it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, i don't it does feel different though right like mm-hmm. like if you're just looking out into a uh i feel like it's a much more vulnerable thing too like i don't know what the speeches you give at maybe work but yeah I feel like at work you can probably extrapolate yourself out to be like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm talking about this product or it's, whatever. It's not and, me. It's not it's me. It's not you. But stand up is like, I had this me. thought in the bathroom and yeah. wouldn't it be funny if we pooped out of our mouths or something like that? You know, like, yeah, yeah. like just things that you you think and then you're like, oh, okay, these people don't like the the innermost parts of me that I felt uncomfortable sharing in the first place.
0: It <laughs> is yeah. There was a quote one of my uh, favorite old school comics is Phyllis Diller and she had a quote if I can't dance to I oh, know if I can't dance to it it ain't comedy <laughs> and her point was that comedy is very musical and rhythmic mm. yeah and I I agree I I agree with her sentiment but see here's the problem uh we aren't we aren't really um trained and conditioned to think that our speech is, and our words and our thoughts are rhythmic. Um, So when you get up to tell your jokes, this is my analogy, right? This is just me um, talking out of my ass
1: as I do on these podcasts.
0: Just me, Matthew, and you know, not making much sense is when you get up there with your jokes and your bits, your setups, your punches, you're playing your instrument but mm-hmm. no one can see it. And they don't realize you're trying to play an instrument. So you're up there trying to learn an instrument and you're watching, I mean, you people are literally watching you fail and you're watching people watch you fail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so yeah. it would be the same as if I just said, okay, here's a guitar or here's a piano. I've never seen a piano before. Here's a piano now and here's 10 strangers. Go make some music on that piano in front of these 10 strangers. Yeah. That's absurd. You got to at least give me a few months to,
1: you know, figure out some scales or do something right. But with comedy, that's exactly what it is. Even just like you, here's a sheet of music. Now draw some dots on there as to what you think might sound good. Better analogy. And then go play it on a piano in front of all these people that you've never played before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a strange hobby, but it's fun. (sighs) It's a strange one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the most nerve wracking. Like, like it's the lowest of lows when you bomb and you feel like you should have done well. Yeah, like it it just feels so bad. But then like the next mic where you get like one yeah. listener, it's just like you're back on that train. Like it's
0: yeah,
1: it it feels so good and it feels so bad that we can't do that right now. But uh, it's peaks it's and just valleys good when we're out there. Yeah, yeah, peaks and valleys for sure.
0: Peaks and valleys. So I guess that's what, uh, that's another question I had. So peaks and valleys. So you take a guy like me, I'm an older guy. I've already had my ups and downs. You're younger on the scene. Do you think the downs would affect a younger comedian versus an older comedian differently?
1: By older, do you mean more time in comedy, or older in general? Like just older, older in age in general? Yeah, just just an old person. I really don't know. I feel like I, I read somewhere, probably read it, that was like um, you can really tell how seasoned a stand up is by how well they take their bombs and how mm. neutral they take their their kills. Like, uh-huh. so like, if if one bomb is going to send them into a spiral then they're probably new to the game and if one kill is, is sending them into elation they're probably new in the game but in terms of age i don't really know i've never thought about that but i think for me because i'm i i think i'm i'm younger than you i, yeah. I would say this you're younger uh, than me much yeah, younger. But I'm, yeah yeah. i'm older than like the college guys or like yeah the, Uh, like I'm older than Jason Cruz, who's like 18. Right. Yeah. So like someone like me who is in the age that I call disappointingly old uh, (laughs) where I look like I'm probably in my like early twenties, but I'm, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, okay. You're, you're, you're 28. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like for people like me, it's, it's harder to bomb and then see, people who are younger than you bombing at that same stage uh, only because it's like, man, I really wish I got in sooner or like, uh, I, I really just, I'm trying to be as good as this 18 year old kid. Um, but then, you know, you go into the whole, like, don't compare yourself to others bit, uh, which is, is tough, but something that I'm working on for sure. So I'm, I'm trying to be, be neutral myself, but yeah. Uh, Yeah, sometimes it's tough seeing these these younger kids just going out there and and hustling just as as hard or probably harder than I am.
0: Yeah, they definitely have the time aspect that you know the older comics don't have. Yeah. Necessarily
1: how how do you feel though? Like do you feel like your your life experiences have given you more perspective on that kind of stuff?
0: Well, here's what I here's what I can tell you, knowing my personality in my twenties this would not have been a good place for me in my 20s Mm. at all. Um, I think when I was younger, I played the comparative game a lot. Mm. And uh, not just the comparative game, but I had had a lot of little person um, resentments that could potentially have been, you know, very unhealthy to be in any kind of performing aspect. I mean, I was in... I jammed with guys, I was in a band here and there where I would, we would get a gig every now and again. So I kind of knew what it was to be on stage, but I wasn't, um, what I, I was doing probably similar to what you were doing, I was really into the tech sector and I was just reading a lot of books and taking on projects and trying to network and get to know people. And so I was focused on that, which I think is a very traditional square life that yeah. has been good for me. Um, in in many ways, I think to be a uh, not just a performer but a creative, I think I wouldn't have had the calluses that it takes um, to stay on a long, committed journey into any kind of creative process, whether it have been mm-hmm. music, writing, comedy. It wouldn't have been good for me in my twenties. Um, having said that, I have the same. I I'm 44, so I have the same feeling like man, I'm really enjoying this. Why, why did it take, my first time going up, I was, I think 42. I go, why did it take 42 years for me to figure this all out? But then yeah. the wiser part of me says, who gives a fuck, you're doing it now, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter when you've got the itch. All that matters is, are you having fun now? Are you, is the process, you know, st- stimulating you and keeping you engaged and adding to your life? And, and the answer is yes, across the board. So then I, then I let it go. Having said that, I, um, I do have a, I do have a, I still have a comparative problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That's so and it, hard.
0: And it comes into play in social media. So I'm a mm. social media baby. Basically. I started getting into social media about two years ago. And so I follow the Instagram feeds of all our fellow comics and whatnot. And like, there's so many showcases and so many things happening. That I'm just watching everyone do their different thing. Yeah. And I would get into this, which I think social media um, until humanity rewires their brain to not take social media so seriously. I think it's a common theme, but I noticed it in myself a lot where I would go, I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this person they started, you know, maybe a month or two before me, or maybe even a month or two after me, and they're getting this gig and that gig. And I gotta, I gotta work harder, I gotta do more open mics and, but ultimately, you know, like I'm a, I'm a family man and a career man. (laughs) So
1: it's like,
0: I need to just, I need to just do my open mics and be happy with that. And so what this, another thing on top of sleep and um, hanging out with the family has done for me during uh, this time is I really don't look at social media right now. Mm. Um, I'll go in and check my messages because, you know, I'm trying to schedule things with podcasts, and I'm just thinking about still doing something to keep me engaged in comedy, whatever that may be. So I'm still, chat- I check to chat with people, but I don't look at the feed. Hmm. And even if I looked at the feed, no one's doing shit anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. as far as comedy goes, right? Um, and so I really let that piece go, and I need to keep that. I need to keep this mentality of whatever anyone else is doing, be happy for them, but don't Mm -hmm. think you need to be doing that too. Yeah. And so I'm going to really try and carry that forward once we start doing open mics.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's such a hard balance, right? Because like, I I would venture to bet that most of these people that you're seeing, like, and and this is something that I do too,
0: like
1: 100%, like all these people that I see in my timeline that are like, oh, hey, we just booked the improv or we booked yeah. uh, this big showcase and we've got the show coming up, blah, blah, blah. Like those people are doing all those things, but they also want to help you succeed most likely. Yeah. Like these people are still your friends at the end of the day. Like it's yeah. it's no one putting a competitive thing on it except ourselves, yes. which is, is crazy. Like, and it's crazy that, that that I can tell myself that now, like as a very like, matter of fact, like, oh, no one's telling you to be bigger than you are, or no one's telling you yeah. that you're not good enough, but right. also still 100% believe that next time I, I scroll through the feed and see something like that, that just sends me off. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: It is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I- so you were saying you saw open mics, like physical open mics are getting, are starting back up.
1: No, it's it's still Zoom mics, Zoom mics, yeah, but hosted by the people that we know and love. Um, Yes. So I think there's a Zoom mic that maybe Buck put together that's being hosted by Pete tonight. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, besides that, just a bunch of other Zoom open mics.
0: So I've I've decided I'm going to start getting back into, or I'm going not get back in, but I am going to start doing the Zoom mics because I've realized. Uh, normal might still be a long ways away. And so whatever tools we have right now to try and work on it, I was thinking like, ah, uh, just rest. And we'll be back doing open mics in no time, but it might still be a few months yet before we mm-hmm. can actually get into bars and cafes and start doing our thing. And even then it won't be a situation where all the comics are hanging out in the back. like. There might be regulations where, okay, f- three comics can go in, and then you can have five patrons or something. It's going to be very weird. It's going to be um, – I think I think Zoom is going to be our only outlet for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I was thinking about this today, actually. Like, is a Zoom open mic really that different than an open mic that that you and I would both see each other at, where there's yeah. maybe six or seven other comics there, maybe – one audience member, maybe two or three, but yeah. Well, I think
0: by the numbers, they're more populated. I think Jordan and um, Cynthia, and I think they're killing it with attendance. Uh, Yeah. By open mic standards. I mean, I think those rooms are getting 40, 50 people. Our open mics never would have had 40, 50 people, right? Maybe maybe for Scotty. For Scotty might've hit that. Yeah. But it's oh and then of course uh the stri- uh stretch is it or
1: oh yeah the go-go the
0: go-go would get that many yeah but really 40 50 that's unheard of so actually we're getting more eyeballs but yeah, but it- to the point at at the top of our podcast those eyeballs we aren't seeing really how they react
1: yeah and i don't know how to change that because i feel like this is such a good opportunity for us right to mm-hmm. like like we don't have to commute to all these mics. We could do two or three mics in one night just sitting yep. in our rooms. Like it's such a good opportunity to do that. It's just, I don't know. It feels different. Um, yep. but I need to to rationalize that it's probably not that different. Probably um, not. Yeah. I mean, the only difference really is you're not in a, a dingy bar with a spotlight on you <laughs> Yeah. and yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no drinks that you're tempted to buy. Like, yeah. Like this is the difference. And, and I feel like I need to get over that. Me too. Sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're in the same boat. I need to look at it like, just like you said, I can get more at bats yeah. in the uh, shelter in place than I can get normal. Mm-hmm. And so I need to be taking those swings. Um, so yeah, I got to start doing it. <laughs> I don't know how late, but- the, the Zoom you did, how late did it go? Is it uh, so long I did, waiting I did. lists like it is um, in normal or how did it work out?
1: I did Cynthia's show. Uh, okay. So she had like a Thursday showcase. I think she still does it. I think last yeah. week there was a little break, but um, yeah, I, I was on like the second week. Uh, so I don't know if you just ping her, then I'm sure she could figure yeah, out. We've sometime.
0: been talking. I think yeah. I'm going to get on whenever she does it again. Um, I'll probably get on it.
1: Yeah. It's a fun show. It's, I feel like I, I also hyped it up a little bit because Cynthia lured the pay element of it. So I got Mm -hmm. paid like five bucks to do this show. a boy. Yeah. Boy. Uh, so that was like the first time I ever made money doing this, which was absolutely insane. Uh, so I feel like that pumped me up a little bit for it. So I was a little more nervous than I should have been, but, uh, it was a fun show overall. Like, I I don't know why I'm not doing more of them, but I feel like I should. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's do it, we're let's, comedians let's, for God's sakes. Let's tell yeah. some
1: jokes. Let, let's get into a Zoom room, have a little side chat. Boom. Yeah, there it is.
0: You know what, and that is the another benefit of Zoom. When you're running it, you can get everyone else to shut the fuck up. Whereas if you're <laughs> running an open mic, everyone's gonna be talking, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. but that, that is one, one of my favorite parts of an open mic is uh, like at the caravan. I love at yeah. the caravan where love you it. just go up, bomb as yeah. you do at the caravan, uh, go outside and just talk for like an hour and a half to these very, very funny people. Yeah. And I feel like that maybe that's the part that I'm missing, but uh, that's what I'm missing. That's, that's like my favorite part. It doesn't matter how well or poorly you do. You just did it. Yeah. So you got, you got your points for the night yep. and then you just go talk with these very funny people that hopefully you become friends with.
0: Yeah. No, I'm i uh, I'm definitely down with just hanging out with people and drinking beer. I think that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm almost as addicted to that as I am to, to the
1: comedy. That, that seems like a problem at at that point, if you're just addicted to drinking the beer, Matthew, yep. what oh. does your family stay?
0: You know what? Uh, and I, I would like to toot my horn a little bit more about okay. this shelter in place. I have not oh, had a drink it. of liquor wow. since we went into shelter. I think the last, liquor, or the last beer I had was at, my last open mic was off the hook. Mm-hmm. I think I saw, I think you were there too. This was probably March, um, this is probably March like March 14th. 10th. I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. March the tenth because Friday the thirteenth was the day, the Friday before we all shut down. Mm. I think the fifteenth is when we shut down. So that you minus three days, uh, <laughs> do 12, the math. 11, 10. Yeah. It was March the tenth. That was the last time I drank a beer. I think that was the last time me and you spoke.
1: Yeah. So that Shit, was it. Man. Yeah. No, I've I've been uh, I've been definitely drinking on this. <laughs> oh, stay at home order.
0: They're <laughs> saying that alcohol sales have been through the
1: roof. Oh, I'm sure it's do. It's so easy. Like, uh, you just buy, like go to seven 11, get three or four tall cans, of white claw. Yeah. That's like three days for you right there. I mean, it's, it's just, there's nothing to do. So it's, right. it's very easy to fall into like, Oh, okay. I'll have a, I'll have a white claw with, with dinner. I'll have a white claw with, with dessert.
0: Breakfast. <laughs> My breakfast <laughs> smoothie. We could put some white claw in it.
1: Yeah. It's just like a beautiful seltzer beverage that you're putting into your smoothie. I mean, it's, it's a nice change of pace. It's a good choice. It's the
0: wise man's choice,
1: you know? Well, that's why they call it the white claw. It's, it's the symbol of, of the, uh, the white Eagle. There you uh, go. Which represents wisdom in some cultures.
0: Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It is wisdom. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So what other hobbies did you have before, uh, before comedy.
1: Uh, so I was uh, I was big into fencing before okay. comedy. Um, and I don't know I I, I kind of like Where would you train? Reading. I trained at the San Jose Fencing Center.
0: Okay. I don't know if where you're that familiar. Was. Yeah. I well, I'm, I'm in Campbell and we have a fencing center right by downtown that seems to oh, be yeah. busy.
1: I think that's AFM that was our rival.
0: Okay, there you go. <laughs> so I know of your rival but I don't oh, know of your
1: classic Matthew move right there. Actually, that's a, that's a Matt move.
0: That's a Matt move. Yeah. Give credit where credit is due. (laughs) That was uncharacteristic for a Matthew. I don't know where that came from. I apologize. I apologize, Anthony. I apologize to my listeners, (laughs) all two of them. I should not have gone that
1: hard. Maybe there's only two listeners because of the Matthew aspect. The Matthew yeah, I'm not people. very compelling. Or I mean the Matt aspect, I'm sorry.
0: Oh yeah, when Matt wears his ugly head. Yeah. And starts talking shit about fencing. <laughs> so wait, when did you start fencing?
1: I-, I was really only in it for um maybe a little over a year and a half or so. Okay. So I'm 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 kind of like a like a hobby jumper. If you will, so we're sort Dude, of like me and you in the both. pursuit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go uh, from
0: interest to interest, and it's very esoteric. Everything I get into, or eccentric, not esoteric. It's excent Everything I get into is kind of like, really, all right, <laughs> whatever. Because <laughs> fencing is eccentric, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess I so, think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not a lot of people do it, so I no. mean, maybe I'm I'm cooler for doing it, but Definitely. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very Anthony of you. Sure, Not just you. Anthony,
0: Anthony Cristiano.
1: <laughs> wow, Anthony look at that Cristiano. pronunciation too. That is fantastic work you've just done.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Well, I gotta think that you know, there's probably been more than a few excellent Italian fencers in the history of mankind, right?
1: Oh, for sure. Because
0: uh, it just screams either Spanish or Italian or something like that.
1: Oh yeah, the, the, the Italians are very good. The, okay. the British are very good um, that's it seems like a british thing yeah uh, in in the u s a and korea all, all of them are very good as well interesting, yeah, yeah there's I always there's a little dynamics in each one of them
0: yeah, I always wonder how certain areas seem to dominate specific sports, yeah. you know, and the big question for me is, um soccer. Not about what countries dominate. I totally get why Brazil dominates. I totally get why Germany dominates. But why can't America? I mean, America women's American women's soccer,
1: America women's, yes,
0: shows up and they get it done. Why can't men's get it done? <laughs> I don't know. I spoke with Grant Lyon. He's a he's another stand up who also played soccer in college. Yeah. He played collegiate um, level or whatever that's called. And we were just trying to figure it out, you know, solve world problems as I do on this podcast. And, you know, ultimately, it probably boils down to a simple fact of time spent, meaning Mm -hmm. every other country sends their most promising male children to camps at eight, nine years old, which almost seems cruel um, by uh, U.S. standards. But so there's no way we can make up the time gap by the time our collegiate players are ready to go compete on an international scale, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a huge deficit. Um, but you would think, you know, there's finesse sports that America's good at. Basketball, that's kind of oh, a yeah. finesse power sport. But then kids play that at it from age like three or four years old. So I guess that makes
1: sense. Yeah, it's, it's got to be just a time commitment thing where we're just investing like 100% in basketball, baseball, yeah. and American football. And Fancy. it's just like- and, and fencing 100%. It just, and nothing else gets our attention. Right? Yeah. Like people are watching their basketball, their baseball, yeah. their American football, their fencing. Yeah. That's all people watch. You right. Know? And, and so that's all people play.
0: Yeah, I know. I think that would, that was another factor that we talked about is just attention and resources. And, you know, a lot of times, this is another interesting topic to get in. I think a lot of times well, so I think parents I see this, I see this having two children. Parents really try to live through their children nowadays. I mm. think I think children used to be like this. You just tolerated it until the kid could take on the family business. Hell yeah. And then you got to know them, right? Yeah. But for the yeah. most part you're like I don't care what the fuck they're doing, right? But yeah, now no. adults really care what children are doing. And if you are you know, the one driving the kid around and you want to either make a play on fortune, you know, like, Oh, what can make this kid money down the road or get him into college down the road. Then, like you said, those are the activities that people are going to go into. Yeah. Basketball, um,
1: baseball, American football and fencing.
0: And fencing. One of the That's big it. four. Yeah. The yeah. big four, as they say. <laughs> But, uh, but I think that's a very, obviously that's a yucky way of looking at any kind of children's activity.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe we just understand we being Americans. Yeah. Understand like the, the sports that we put our kids into better than soccer. And then nobody bothers to learn soccer. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm just spitballing here. I've, I've done no research.
0: Yeah. That's all I ever do. On this podcast, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just it's the spitball. You know what? I should have named it spitballing with Matt mm. mccarran
1: But then you get some weird weird search results if you just spitballing with Matt mccarran
0: I think I just did a spit take right there. Spitballing. <laughs> yeah. <A> spitballin'. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's true. I think that's true, and it's a very much a, a team activity, and we like those in, in, individual type slam dunk home run. Type yeah. feeling
1: touchdown field yeah goal. yeah and the majority
0: yeah. of soccer is not scoring <laughs> <So> <laughs> no. just back and
1: forth back yeah. and forth. Do, you, do your kids play soccer i feel like there's there's also a weird stage of like i don't know maybe six to ten mm-hmm. where all kids play soccer at one yeah. point yeah, but yes then, both
0: daughters have played soccer my, my I, oldest loves it it's stuck with her oh she, wow. he, she actually is in um one of these uh competitive leagues and she's she's really focused on it, you know. Mm. And um and I wasn't really into soccer obviously. I mean, come on. I'm a Matthew. What kind of Matthew's? Maybe if I was a Mateo, I would be into oh, soccer, but a Matthew, my goodness. A Matt Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a Mateo would definitely be into football, if you will. But Yeah, yeah, 100%.
0: But I'm into it now and I I uh yeah, I enjoy you know, pl- kicking the ball around with her, and I enjoy watching her games.
1: Have your whatnot. kids ever seen you do stand up?
0: Uh no, my wife has, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. my kids haven't i um I've tried doing stand up them before. <laughs> I have a little p a system, yeah, I like plug in instruments too and in case anyone ever wants to bust out some karaoke. I have a little p- I have a little p a system, and I tried doing stand up two or three times for', them and it was just stairs. Because I I had to go with clean. Obviously, I couldn't cuss too much. I couldn't talk about anything that would be really confusing for him. But even just simple stuff, I think can can, confuses kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sarcasm. Here's another interesting thing about the human brain. Sarcasm, it does not kick in until I don't know which age. I think my oldest one, she's 10. And -hmm. she's starting to understand when I'm sarcastic and she's starting to be sarcastic but it's just not something they get like even their children's programs like some of these Disney um sitcoms that they watch there'll be moments in the dialogue most of the writing is absolute it's atrocious it's shit writing but every once in a while they'll do something and it's sarcastic right Mm -hmm. and uh and I'll kind of chuckle and they'll, they'll just be watching it. I, I don't understand. So literally like I, my wife would have to, sometimes I would say something and they would get hurt, hurt feelings or be confused. And then my wife would say, you know, no daddy's, he's being sarcastic. What's sarcasm? And then you explain it to him. And one time I, uh, I was standing in line, I have a daddy daughter group that I take my daughters to every now and again. Mm-hmm. I was standing in line at a barbecue And my little one kept stepping on my foot. And I said, so she's seven. I think this was around not too long ago. So she was seven at the time. She kept stepping on my foot and it's kind of annoying. And so I said, oh, thank you so much for stepping on my foot so much. I really like it. And then she looked up at me, she didn't laugh or anything. And she goes, that was sarcasm, right? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. i go yes that was sarcasm very good you just taught your daughter an abstract concept that's fantastic wow my, look at my you! my
0: job is done yeah you can put
1: me to rest you can abandon your kids now that's yes. great <laughs> you've imparted i, mean, the I gotta else. get a pack of cigarettes i'll be back in an hour <laughs> that that would be a mat move that's a matt that's move a matt, to that's a total your matt kids. move yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so um, now you're good yeah, so no, the kid doing stand-up for kids, but they, but they do love knock-knock jokes and they love mm. very simple punchline type dad jokes. If, it can, yeah. if you can get into the punchline in under 10 words, kids will love it.
1: Mm. So Which they, they ironically, love... the
0: stuff I'm writing now is all like that, like I'm only writing one-liners because um, you know how we said, I, I don't know how a bit is gonna play out. And so I'm just trying to think of ba da bing Ba-da, ba-da, bing, mm-hmm. just stupid one-liners. And I, I don't know if the exercise is going to pay off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's the whole problem. It's, yeah. I feel like it's speculating at this point, just like, that's a good uh, putting all your money into this one, like format, right. Where it's like, yeah. the, okay, set a punch, set up punch, set a punch. This is going to make it big for me, baby. Yeah. And then going out and then, I don't know, bombing it off the hook or something. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah.
0: totally. What was your first mic you did? First mic was for Scotty. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel, that seems I to feel be uh, so many people. Yeah, it, it was, it was fun. I feel like I did better on my first mic than like the subsequent 10. I don't That's know why that right. is. Yeah. But I didn't use any notes at all. I, I got a good laugh. Yeah. It, this is also something that I've noticed and I'm rambling here, but, uh, do the laughs seem bigger on stage to you, to you than they are in reality? Like, I know you record your sets.
0: Yeah, there's no laughs when I record a set. When I go watch <laughs> yeah. back, I go, oh, no one, no one laughed.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, I'll, I'll record a set and then I'll say, uh, like, I'll be thinking, like, I'll leave. This is how, it, I know it's a bad sign. I'll leave Caravan and say, wow, I killed tonight. This was yeah. so fun. Like, everyone yeah. was laughing, like. There was an applause break at one point. I don't know. And then I'll go back and listen to the recording. And it's not (laughs) there. It's it's just me like slightly chuckling to myself or something. And then like maybe one person in the back sort of laughing at a conversation they're having. But it just feels different on stage.
0: Yeah, no. I have hours and hours of my sets. You hear laughs every once in a while, but it's so it's like the Sahara desert of laughs on my recording because the whole thing is, is at some point in my life, I want to have a booking reel, (laughs) but to have a booking reel, you need to have the audience kind of rocking at some point. But I I think, you know, um, yes, it feels better on stage when you make a connection with two or three people and you see them laughing, especially when their faces. So, you know, there's, um, Again, I can't claim to know anything. I'm I'm a noob also, so I've only been doing stand-up, well, at the time of shutdown, of yeah. societal, uh, on the point of everyone being canceled, I yeah. I had been PCV. doing it. Exactly. Pre-coronavirus, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's beautiful. I'm yeah. going to use that. Pre-coronavirus. PCV. Yeah. PCV. Prior to that, I probably had been doing it a year and seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, if nothing else, I learned what the reflex laugh was. Mm. And a reflex laugh is when someone in the audience laughs despite themselves, where you can see they're keeping a stone face, they're annoyed by what you're saying. I, I think, so I think that's been my experience so far with my open mic career, is that more often than not, audience members have a look of annoyance. Yeah. At you? Why are you wasting my time with these words? Yeah. But then sometimes, despite themselves, you say something, and then they—you see them kind of like, a, oh, you know, it, it's almost like getting punched in the solar plexus, right? Yeah. Where they don't want to, but then it happens. So yeah. that I can pick up on. I'm aware enough to know when I'm looking out there and and I see someone and they just did that on one of my punchlines okay, I'm I'm in the ballpark and that felt good. And I think that l- releases a dopamine that makes you amplify mm. what really just happened. And so again, on the recording, this is what's been amazing for me because at some point in my career, I would like to be more, I would like to be considered, a, well, a, before everything, like a funny comic, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. but a physical comic. I wanna get some physicality in my performance. And some days I'll go up and I'll say, I'm going big. And I'll go up there and I'm like, I really moved. I really, I really made that whatever. And I'll watch the film. And it was like, I moved my hand two inches or I made my face. Like, and it's nothing. It's a little beep, but in my head, I go, I I thought I committed to that, but I, I, I committed to it, but I committed with the only abilities I have, which are not there yet.
1: Yeah. You're not it's doing just, Jim Carrey faces. You're, can't you're doing do Matthew faces. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can't do it. It's not there. It's not in my tool set yet. That doesn't mean I should abandon it and not try and do these things. I should. Mm-hmm. But then when you watch back on video, don't say, you oh, you fucking dick. <laughs> you barely did what you said you were going to do. So, um,
1: is that how you watch your videos, Matthew? I do. I mean, Jesus, you got to lighten move. up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, Matt, that's a Matt critiquing you, Matthew. 100%. Wow, that's, that's terrible. You got to treat yourself better.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, th-
1: you know what? I'm a horrible person, Anthony. Well, you said I it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it took us this long to get to that point, but we can both agree on that. Yeah, We're
0: there. We're yeah. already there. So yeah, I, I do think you're right. I think that in our heads, we build something up. Uh, to be more than it actually is. But here's the good side. The good side is alternative. You never do as bad as you think you did.
1: That's also But then true, you probably
0: yeah. never do as good as you think you did, which gets back to your point you were making about a seasoned comic really just knows, oh, I just took another swing. I didn't really change. Yeah. Like you gotta be swinging multiple times a night for years on end to be able to consider yourself you know, competent at this game, I would imagine.
1: And oh, so sure. just
0: having a bad night or having a quote unquote good night, it's its probably irrelevant in the 10 year, 15 year scheme of things.
1: 100%. I, I feel like it's, it's so tough to accept that at this point in uh, at least my comedy career, it's more about getting up and doing whatever like things yeah. are going to suck for a very long time, but it's yeah. just about doing them, feeling comfortable with myself, and then feeling comfortable expressing that on yeah. stage as opposed to like trying to do imitations of the four or five of my favorite comics that I try to model myself after, yeah. which is what I probably do anyway but it's it's more about the at bats at this point as opposed to the the actual stats, yep. Yeah.
0: So, who are your guys? Who are the people you really like?
1: Uh, I mean, I feel like I, I like my big one is Dimitri Martin. I love his his style of comedy. It's just yeah. it's very like like tying back to the the logic based stuff. To like mm-hmm. Dimitri Martin is a very smart guy. Yeah, uh, and he has very like novel takes that make a lot of sense but are very silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. I feel like a, a basic choice is the mitch Hedberg uh oh. choice where he's just like like in high school, I must have listened to to like all of his albums multiple times on multiple road trips like he he is so good at what he did, yeah um, and then uh I like a lot of musical comedy as well, so like okay. Flight of the Concords were big, oh yeah, uh, Lonely Island was big um yeah. So just those, those type of guys. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah Mitch, Hedberg, is-
0: Mitch Hedberg is 100% a one-liner, like yeah. just rabbit punch, rabbit punch, rabbit, just hitting you, hitting you, hitting you. And he is- all of it's clever. It's all clever.
1: Yeah. He, he's so good. Like one of my favorite jokes of his, he, it isn't even like a, a, a punchline because he, he sets up the whole show. Like the whole show is a setup where he's just doing setup punches, setup punches, setup punches. Yeah. And then he just says like, uh, I want a briefcase handcuffed to my arm and that's it. <laughs> and he just continues like he has, he has nothing else to add to that except that setup for for nothing. And that that to me is like the ultimate expression of, of just comedy where it's like he spends this entire time yeah. doing something that you don't even realize and then just redirecting it and then... Yeah saying nonsense, and then yeah. moving on. Just not even acknowledging it, yeah. It, but it's, it's
0: rhythmic, just, it's rhythmic. Yeah, So that, yeah. that non sequitur, it it was meaningful, it had mm-hmm. purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's to get back to what I was talking about, about the rhythm of delivering your stuff, like he's a perfect example. Because oh, yeah. his delivery is so musical, mm-hmm. so rhythmic, just, even his voice, you just did it right there. And then I can't even do it. But you know, like, yeah, it's yeah, just like, jazz. He's just, whatever, whatever's happening. It, it's, it's a sure sad sure story, written. man. Yeah. It's a sad story. I wish he could still be around. How good would he be right now?
1: Yeah. He, I, I watch his videos probably. I mean, I've seen probably all of them, but yeah, I watch them at least once a month, if not more than that. Like, even just rewatching because he's yeah. so good at what he did. It, it is. Yeah. He, who was very good. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like someone like, uh, even Faco does remind me a lot of, yes. of Mitch Hedberg where it's just like, and, and that's, that's kind of like an unfair comparison because Mitch Hedberg is like the greatest of all time. And Faco is, is really yeah. good, but, um, definitely different. But the way that he like, he'll say something, And then pause. Yeah. And then go into the thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I knew where you were going with that, but I just wanted to wait. This is, dude, we're picking something apart about comedy because people say, and rightfully so, when a joke is told, it's done. And there's Mm -hmm. no more. But I disagree with that because how you're describing Hedberg, so I go back and watch Hedberg too, but my guy is Norm MacDonald where Hmm. anytime I need what I call like a just a quick sugar rush of of something really funny, where I don't want to be watching forty five minutes of a special. Mm-hmm. I want two to five minutes of just laughs. I'll go to Norm McDonald. and his stuff is kind of the same way, where you don't have to wait. Some of his stuff has really long premise setup, but mm-hmm. you're laughing because it's too long. You're like, yeah, you're not, you're doing something wrong, so you're laughing at him. But anyway. When you were about to do the thank you for Faco, I just know it so well. Like, I love watching Faco. And here's another thing with Faco is he is, he is consistently trying different things. Consistently. Mm-hmm. Of all of us on the, on the scene, the open mic scene, the guy who comes up with the most fresh material, whether it's working or not, it's not that everything he goes up with works, but just writing new stuff, it's got to be Faco. Because you know, we all know each other's direction we're going. We know, we know each other. I don't know your stuff as well. I think I've only seen you actually deliver your stuff um, maybe five to six times, but I, I really enjoyed where you're going and what you're doing. But we all kind of know where we're going and we know the themes and our stuff, but Fako, you don't know. But then when he does hit you with something that you do know, you still laugh, even though you've heard it, because it's like, oh, the way he delivered it. Yeah. And then the, just the, thank you. <laughs> So, Faco. It's, man, it's, I really want that guy. I really want that guy to go commercial. You know, yeah. I know it can't happen for everyone, but he is a guy I would love the world to see Faco. I would mm-hmm. love the world to see
1: Faco. It's yeah, I think that's a great way to say it, too, is I would love the world or more people than just yes. San Jose or even yeah. like the greater Bay Area to see this man. Like, yeah, he he is so funny to me. He is one of my favorite comics in the scene for sure. But yep. It, the the way he does the thank you like with the eyes closed and everything thank you but it's just like a cue to laugh like going back to your rhythmic stuff like yeah it's it's a way for you as the audience to say what you said makes no sense but i know now that my job is to laugh at what you just said
0: it's well put yeah, yeah it's well
1: put yeah Oh, man. Funny stuff, funny stuff. It's
0: great. Oh, man. So, look, you know what? We've hit an hour. We've hit an hour. So let's try and let's wrap this up on something really poignant, as a Matthew and an Anthony would do. I mean, we're a class act here, Anthony. This is a class act. This is, um, you know, gold star podcasting. What's happening right now? One
1: or two gold stars, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Out of (laughs) ten. So we we have to solve a world problem, right? Isn't that your uh, your MO? Well, yeah,
0: let's do that. What do you think the, when, not when, the when is no one's gonna know, but how do you think we're gonna reboot ourselves?
1: How are we gonna reboot? You're a computer
0: science guy. Help us reboot the comedy scene once uh, we're all allowed to go back out. How does it look in your
1: mind? Man, I I didn't think you were gonna ask a hard question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's smellier, dog poop or cat poop?
1: Oh, there we go. Dog poop because it's bigger, obviously. Yeah,
0: ah, true. There we
1: go. Chihuahua.
0: There's some big cats. There's some big cats out there. I bet there's some cats who could
1: out poo a chihuahua. That would be a contest that I would watch on ESPN too. That's what we need. (laughs) Oh, here's my joke. Here's my joke.
0: Uh, Did you know? Did you hear that? uh, ESPN is changing their name to WS. T N the, what should we talk about network?
1: <laughs> oh my how, God. How the
0: hell does ESPN justify itself? There's not a sport being played
1: on the globe anywhere. Right. I I haven't watched ESPN in probably, I don't know. It's gotta be 15 years at this point, probably more than that, but
0: I'm in the same boat. I don't watch like, it anymore.
1: I, I have no idea what they would be talking about right now. I used to watch 24 Sports. hours a day. I used to watch sports center, like multiple times. Yeah. Same sports center episode in one day. Yeah. And I don't know what they do now. Like they have no sports to, to broadcast. They got nothing. Like, I legitimately have no idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Maybe we should end on that note. Yeah. We don't have to figure out how to fix things. Anthony the comedy but will this-
1: reboot itself. People need <laughs> to laugh.
0: Yeah. People will want to laugh.
1: Yeah. That's what, that's what this whole thing is, right? Like this is, this is an incubating time for, for some yeah. funny stuff. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully.
0: Cool. My man. Well, this has been a pleasure. I appreciate yeah. it. The next time we uh, do a podcast, we're going to do it. Uh, hopefully in the garage, we'll be uh, drinking kombucha or something along those lines. White some, claw,
1: maybe I'll, I'll drink some white claw. You can drink some kombucha. I don't care. There we go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thank Our- you.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for joining and we'll see you around.